you are now about to experience the Revive Effect. My name is Matt Celestio, entrepreneur and holistic health specialist. And if you're ready to start your health journey but don't know where to begin, you are in the right place. At Revive, we create better ways of living for our generation by changing the conversation around health. And each episode shows you exactly how to build health into your life. You'll unlock tactics to improve your sleep, nutrition, anxiety, self-talk, and mind. Break free from quick fix culture because it's time you learn to love your body and start to feel like the real you again. Welcome to The Revive Effect. Season three, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Revive Effect podcast. We're coming at you 2024, hitting the ground running. This is the first episode of the year. First episode of the year. I'm so pumped that you are here to join in and have uh, a little bit of say in this conversation today because we're coming out of a time, the holiday season, that Q4 mindset where it was go, 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 hustle, hustle, hustle. We were doing a gajillion things. You might feel overwhelmed. You might feel anxious. Your mind is probably scattered all over the map. And to come into the new year with that energy, we want to grab that right before we continue and go down our goals to go down this new year that we want to bring forth our best self. This episode is all about why you need to slow down for your best life. Our guest today, Kelsey Makaevi, she has been such a wealth of knowledge for me personally in that last little bit of the year, because this is when we recorded the episode. It was actually last year in December. And she really inspired me to just slow the heck down. If you're anything like me, you're going a million miles a minute. Your mind is always on. You're always thinking about what to do next. And I understand how anxious that can feel. You get that tightness in your chest. The jaw is really tight. The second you wake up, you're already thinking about all the things you have to do today. And you're always in the state of what it seems to feel like reactiveness. You're never in control. You're always trying to play catch up, keep your head above water. And you're probably right now saying, yeah, you're nodding your head, Matt. That's exactly what I've been going through. That's exactly what I do on a daily basis. No worries. I got good news for you. You are in the right place because not only did this conversation that Kelsey and I recorded last year for this episode inspire me to slow the heck down, take a little pause and allow myself the breathing room to just be, to just be. It's truly moved mountains in terms of how productive I've been and stepping into this new year with this sense of calmness, with zen and control. And that all stems, and I believe, from our conversation with Kelsey to just slow down. And that's why you're going to find a lot of value in this episode today because we're going to go over so many great tactics, personal stories, and reasons behind why you should implement slowing down to actually create your best life. I know it seems contradictory. What do you mean, Matt? Slow down so I can get my best life? How am I supposed to do that if I'm not working towards my goals or always being productive or always working? I hear you. I hear you loud and clear. But I want you to step out of that reactive state. I want you to step out of that feeling exhausted all the time. I want you to stop feeling overwhelmed. I want you to understand how to get in control. So today on this episode, we got Kelsey Makaevi. We're going to be covering dealing with overwhelm and being in a reactive state and how to exactly navigate that and how to overcome that. Then we're going to dive into what we call the accomplishment mindset. This is somebody that is always, they believe they tie their worth to what they produce, to what they can achieve, and they're always working to try and do more, add more to the plate. What can I add? We're going to talk about this, why it's beneficial, but at the same time, how to go about 
I want to say handling that in a healthy way so you're not overwhelmed. Okay, keep that in mind. We'll also dive into what Kelsey terms power in the pause and allowing yourself to be bored and why this is actually beneficial despite the grind culture that we live in, despite all of the productivity hacks that everybody's talking about. That's a very important point that we're going to cover. We also dive into the blue zones, some of the longest living populations in the world and how they infuse community and slowing down and slow movement into their lives and how we can go about emulating that in our lives to take advantage of their longevity, their happiness, their stress-free life. If you ever seen someone from the blue zones are never stressed, never stressed. That's why this is a really good talking point as well for this episode. This and so much more coming up. Now, what you need to know about Kelsey, not only is she such a great energy to have on the show, so, so much wisdom and expertise and just this area of wellness. She's also a fellow podcaster and connector, connecting people to resources to support their healing and wellness journeys. She has a powerful mission for what she does. It really inspires me. She serves to help people and connect more deeply to their authentic selves, their relationships, and to the greater world around them. And it really just helps you allow for a more meaningful, expansive, and aligned life. Kelsey's got so much great, great, great wisdom, I promise you. And I actually was featured on her podcast uh, a couple weeks before we recorded this. So I'm going to link that in the show notes. Head over to Kelsey's podcast. It's really powerful. I always, uh, I'm an avid listener of it. She blends both science and spirituality to explore topics um, of disconnection, how you can grow and heal and apply actionable steps to connect better to yourself, to those that you love and those in the world around you. I invite you to check that out. We're linking it in the show notes. Head over to her show. Check that out um, if you're looking for a little more in-depth. So if you're somebody that has this constant worry or you want to get in control of your mind, because this episode really is a mindful episode, if you have anxiety or overwhelm, you have a lot of limiting beliefs that just that make you feel closed off, that overwhelm you, I have good news for you. The Revive Academy has just launched in 2024. It just launched. It's your all-in-one lifestyle transformation video program academy. I've called all my contacts in the health and well-being space from psychotherapists to gut specialists. And what we've done for you is we've curated step-by-step video-based programs that guide you through any wellness journey, whether that's anxiety, gut healing, sleep, nutrition, weight loss, whatever it is, it is in this platform available to you. You have unlimited access to it. But on this topic of mindfulness and dealing with mind work, uh, we have programs for anxiety, limiting beliefs and how to shift that. And we also go into biohacking to make sure that your mind is in a calm, clear state and in turn, allowing your body to feel zen, more in control and calm. I invite you to click the link below because we have a beautiful launch deal going on right now and I want you to take advantage. So click that link below, see what the Lifestyle Transformation Academy is all about. We already have tons of users signed up from our launch party. Now I want you to take advantage. So go ahead, click the show notes and I, I will see you in the Revive Academy. So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's get into the meat and potatoes today. Kelsey Maka Evie. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the TRE Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Celestio here. Thank you for tuning in. 
We have an exceptional guest lined up. As always, you guessed it. Kelsey is in the building. Kelsey, thank you for coming to our show. Thank you so much for having me, Matt. It's lovely to have another chat here again. So yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I love how you said another chat because for listeners listening on my show right now, I recorded an episode with Kelsey on her podcast, Greater Connections. I'm going to link it in the show notes. I invite you to check that out as well because we had a really insightful conversation there. She has tons of great content as well. And we're going to release these episodes pretty much at the same time. So it's really in alignment for both of our conversations to come out. But anyways, uh, Kelsey, today we're on the topic of why you need to slow down for your best life. And as our earlier conversation, before we actually hit record, Mercury is in retrograde, we set it, and it's all about that time for reflection and really just taking a step back before we start taking more massive action. So this episode comes at a time that's really great, really empowering, and very aligned. Now, before we jump in, do you have any intention for our listeners today that you hope to bring forth in this conversation? When it comes to intention, I mean, I think you really hit the nail on the head, right? And there couldn't be a better time to actually talk about this with Mercury being in retrograde, and we'll get into that. But I think, you know, the biggest takeaways here is, you know, there's so much doing that we're doing all the time, always looking to produce, be better, excel. I know that those are huge values for you in terms of growth, but there's also just so much power in the slowdown and the being. And I would challenge listeners to really yeah, think about the ways that they might be able to pause, reflect, and um, enjoy the space between big moments and what that space can really bring us in this life. Beautifully articulated. Yeah, yeah. So actually on that note, let's talk about the two different lifestyles that you've experienced and how that really illuminated the power of slowing down for you. Now, you were living in Cali, the hustle and bustle of that, uh, before you actually moved to a quiet beach town in Mexico. And then you said when you were in Mexico, when you finally settled and you said you were confronted with your own internal tempo. Now, what did you uncover with this realization? What do you mean by that? Um, so when, yeah, so I moved to Mexico. I've been here now for about three years. I moved during the pandemic. So it was, you know, a crazy time just like in the world. And it was also timed with a lot of big personal changes that were happening with myself. I've Grown up in California, born and bred in the Bay Area, I've lived throughout California, I've traveled a little bit outside of there as well. And it wasn't until I traveled outside of California that I realized just how much is going on within California. I mean, there's so much creation and progression and just everything that kind of explodes out of that place that it creates this rhythm of fast and busy. And I was raised to go and do great things and keep going and going and going and ascending in life. And I felt like I was on that track and it was almost like suffocating me. And I was living for other people's dreams and not really my own. And so during the pandemic, there was a lot of personal changes I went through, job changes, um, losses within my family. I mean, even just so many things seem to be falling away from my life. And I've had a few different moments from that until now to really sit and reflect on the types of things that I wanted for my life. And it was kind of during that time that I realized the life I was living was not really in alignment with what I wanted or what I was really going for. And so I went on a trip to Mexico in October of 2020. I wanted to go to Asia, but all the borders were closed. So I was like, okay, cool. Let's go to Mexico. Knew one person here in Puerto Vallarta ended up having probably the most expansive two weeks of my life, just being around people, being in beautiful nature 
allowing myself to relax and connect and connect to others, connect to the nature, connect to myself. And before I knew it, I was signing a lease and going back home, packing my bags over Thanksgiving and heading down to Mexico. And ever since I've been out here, it was really interesting to be confronted with that internal tempo, like you said, because the internal tempo, I realize I've just been living with really fast with the sense of urgency and with this hustle and go, 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 always looking at the next thing, never really stopping and smelling the roses, literally. And yeah, coming into this life here has allowed me to really slow and learn from the culture, allow myself to just go at a different pace, kind of realize how uncomfortable that was at first, but allowing Mexico to really alchemize within my system has probably been one of the most amazing things I could realize for myself. And it wasn't through the methods that I typically would realize things because it was going more slow instead of picking up the speed and adding one more thing and, you know, stirring myself up into something else. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I really enjoy the way that you said the hustle and bustle, that Western culture, because a lot of our listeners right now, they're in this Western civilization. So I know that they will resonate with this, but there's a massive way of life and this energy and this mindset within our Western culture, because it's all about this reactivity. Mm-hmm. And you all, you said this in our earlier conversation, the Western world is kind of in this crazy energy because they're not in their calm energy, that reactivity. So what reactivity are you talking about? Like, what does that look like for somebody who might not know what reactivity means? Even understanding reactivity took so much deconstruction of myself, so much self-awareness, so much understanding of what my nervous system is doing, what feels activating, what feels calming. And I never really knew anything different because I didn't really experience anything different. I was always living at a faster pace. And it wasn't until I put myself in a position to really slow down, especially after the slowdown I had during the pandemic, where I realized, oh, this also feels good. And things are still growing, even if I'm not hustling and urgent and running around. And I think when you're living in that frequency, truly, you're just much more reactive. And I see that now a lot when I go back to the States, like I love where I'm from and I'm so grateful and so privileged to have grown up in California, but going there and sitting in the traffic, the lines, you see how people are just reactive because it's almost like they're living just too much. No one's really relaxed. Even if they're relaxing, it's more of a distraction maybe from the busy lives that they're leading and the life for that calls for it up there. It's, it's an expensive life. I mean, the quality of life can be really good too, but you kind of have to have the money made to be able to enjoy it. And so it kind of creates that hustle and bustle, especially when it comes to career, but there is so much more to soak up in this life. And I think within Western culture, being less productive, taking a break, these are all things that are just not preached to be good routes. But when you actually allow yourself to do it, you might actually realize that it feels better than push, push, pushing yourself all the time, but allowing yourself to sit and be, there's so many tokens that we can soak up from that. If we allow ourselves that experience. Allowing is the key word there. And uh, I'm happy you pointed that out. And it was actually when we were first speaking and planning this episode that you really actually made me pause and think about some things about how it was living my life. And like you said, it's all about how you didn't even know that you were in this stressed out state chronically. Mm -hmm. And I look back after our conversation, I thought, I go, looking at even all the jobs I was doing, like working plus business, plus gym, plus this, plus that, like all these things on my plate. 
I was living in this chronic state of stress, even though it's like produ productive or, you know, focused on goals, it's still stressful. It's still making my immune system uh, overreact. I'm still excreting cort cortisol, that stress hormone at all times. And I don't know anything else because I'm just so soaked up in this Western culture. I just think it's normalized, right? Mm -hmm. And lately after that, or our call, I said, let me put a little bit of pause in my life and give my body the TLC and relaxation and calm that it needs. And rather than, like you said, that push and allowance, I've always been pushing. I've always been trying to grow. I've stepped into this state of allowance definitely towards the end of the year. I've taken nights off of the business to just, you know, stretch, put on some music and let my body give it that self-love that it needs. Or instead of, you know, going to the gym every day and lifting super heavy weights, like go for a walk, listen to a podcast and just be gentle with my body in that sense. Turn off my mind. Uh, I don't always have to be listening and learning and doing all this. Sometimes you can just relax. And honestly, Kelsey, I can say that when I've stepped out of that state of push, push, push and into that state of allowance and relaxation, things have been coming to me so much better. Things have been coming to my business much easier. Ideas flow so much easier. And again, it's from that state of allowance rather than that Western culture, reactive, grind, push, um, if that makes any sense to you. Oh, it makes all of the sense in the world. And you know, you actually really bring up a good point. In a way, we can't really blame ourselves, right? Because you're right. So much of the way we live, especially in Western culture, is so normalized, right? It's normal to achieve. It's part of the human condition to improve, be better, solve problems, right? Do the next great best thing. But I really think, and I've, I've learned this, and it's been one of the greatest lessons to learn in my life, and I'm so grateful to have learned it now. There is a time to do, and then there's also a time to just be. and. I think people struggle with the being part because we're not really taught or congratulated or encouraged to do so. And when you're living so fast and so urgent all the time with that chronic stress, with that burnout, you don't really have time to just be. And when you kind of are in that state of being, it can be really uncomfortable and confrontational. And I think that uncomfortability is actually what catapults people into maybe the next thing, right? Maybe sitting with themselves is so scary. So they involve themselves in that next activity or that next relationship or sign up for that next challenge as a means of helping themselves yet maybe distracting them from the inner world where maybe that is the calling, right? That is the allowance that needs to happen so that you can give yourself that time to see what's going on inside, you know? That's a powerful realization. And uh, that's actually something that I personally struggle with is this belief that I'm never doing enough, being enough, achieving enough. Like Kelsey, honestly, I get anxious when I watch a movie. I know I could be growing, I could be working, I could be making money, whatever it is. Um, but I understand that when you were working in California, you were caught up in everything and at House and Bustle, you might've had the same experience, that same feeling of guilt or shame that you weren't you know, just being. Mm -hmm. Now, it wasn't until you took a trip at this time, like you said, that to um, to Mexico, where it changed your whole life. So I want to know, were there any specific realizations that you had around this toxic accomplishment mindset that you wish everyone knew or that maybe you wish you could tell past Kelsey saying, hey, this is some advice you really need to hear around this right now? You know, it's kind of twofold, right? Because we're we're taught to go achieve and to go succeed and excel and accumulate, right? I grew up in a pretty wealthy community. My family wasn't super wealthy, but it was all about what you accumulated, what your status was, what your career was, and what you can show for it. And so 
that was the path I was on of just like, I need to make more money, buy more stuff, have more things to show for it, increase my status. And the more I went in that direction, I was not happy. Like it wasn't bringing me any more happiness or success or fulfillment or peace in my life. And it was really intense to acknowledge that, you know, like I'm doing what I've been taught to do or what everyone else is doing or what I'm supposed to do, but I don't feel any better from it. And from visiting Mexico and we all know what a good vacation feels like, right? When you can just kind of relax, get out of your own environment, not have these responsibilities for a second. It always feels like such a nice break. And so I got to allow my nervous system to relax, to be in joy, to have some novelty to excite me. But amongst that, my eyes were wide open. And something I love so much about the Mexican culture here is, you know, there's a lot of work that goes on. Like Mexicans work really, really hard and need to in many ways to sustain their life. But they are so good at also taking the time to relax, prioritizing family, prioritizing fun, prioritizing joy, and just seeing that balance here and how much they like really kind of work hard, play hard sometimes uh, gave me almost permission to do that within myself too. That oh, there is a time to work and produce and make the gains in your life. But then there's also a time to enjoy all of those things too. How many people are sitting on all of these savings of money thinking it's never enough, thinking they always have to do the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, but not kind of realizing they might be living the dream life that they dreamed of a few years ago, right? Like we do work really hard and we should enjoy ourselves, but also it's in that joy in doing something different that isn't going to, you know, show results necessarily. There's so many things to gain from that too, if we let ourselves, but it can be scary when it goes against what we're taught within our culture. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And one thing that stuck out for me there was when you said you wanted to accumulate or you're trying to accumulate all these things, whether material or whether it's just goals, you're still in that uh, energy of accumulation. But like you said, it wasn't bringing you that happiness, that high vibration, um, that maybe you were expecting. Now, on the topic of slowing down and you know tuning back in, when you're able to do that and step out of that you know accumulative, uh, scarcity driven mindset and energy, one thing that's really powerful is it allows you to step into the energy of gratitude because when you slow down, you notice the things that you were just kind of passing along hurriedly, trying to get to a life that you think you want to live. And for me personally, uh, maybe you can share something after too. But I know that in this last little bit when I'm slowing down and I'm not focused on work or it's not always in the back of my mind, like if I'm just sharing uh, like a drink with my buddy, I, it's so so much more of a rich experience because I'm now in this energy of slow and gratitude to be like, I have a friend that I'm enjoying a drink with. We're connecting. We're having a good time. It's so rich. Mm-hmm. Or even the fact that I'm always, you know, going. To, I go to the gym every day, mm-hmm. but when I'm in that grind culture that I need to build muscle, I need to get fit, I need to look jacked, blah, 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 blah. Now when I'm slowing down, when I get out of the gym, I go, I'm so grateful that I have the money to pay for this membership. I'm so grateful that my body is healthy to go and fuel this workout. And only those realizations that really elevate your vibration, that really make you feel happy is in that place of slowing down and tuning Mm -hmm. back in. It could not be more true. And What you just said too, what I heard was instead of going, 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 moving, 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 when we're doing all of that so much, we're actually not being present with ourselves in the present moment. When you're living for tomorrow, what you can gain next or what's around the corner, you're missing what's going on today. 
And today kind of really is all we have. I know it's kind of a cliche, but it's true, right? And allowing yourself to be present, take that inventory and just sit with yourself a little bit and be like, how am I feeling today? What's going on? There's so much more that's happening around you that just we miss when we're so busy. And it can kind of be scary to slow down because it's very unnatural. I have friends that can't go longer than a week on vacation. They need to get back to their stuff, right? Or it's uncomfortable to go to a really rural place and not have these forms of stimulation, whether it's entertainment or, you know, a lot of different people or things like that, because that's what we've come accustomed to. But it's exactly it though, right? It's what you're doing at the gym. It's what you're doing in your endeavors. You're actually pushing yourself to your edge, getting yourself out of your comfort zone, doing that dance between what you know and what you don't and allowing yourself that new experience. It's just doing it in a way that we're not always programmed to do. There's so many things to gain by slowing down. And it's the same things that you kind of gain in many ways from pushing and moving and going forward and growing. It's just in a different method, right? So in a way it's kind of, you can mind trick yourself into relaxing, but it's kind of crazy that we kind of have to encourage ourselves to relax to begin with, you know? Yeah, it's that Western culture just slowly creeping back in. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more. But what you just said is actually a beautiful transition into what I wanted to speak about next because people often think boredom is a bad trait. Like you're lazy. You shouldn't ever be just not going or not grinding. Boredom is not good. That's what we like to think. But you have a different perspective on this. And as someone like yourself, yes, you have that nice Zen Kelsey energy. You have that nice energy. But at the same time, I know you're very action-oriented, you're very goal-oriented, and you have a big vision for yourself, which I truly admire. But you told me at one point that you needed at one point in your life to get bored. Now, why did you say that? Like, what did you learn from that? What did you do? What did you even have that realization from? When we think about traditionally being bored, it just means like being unstimulated, not doing anything. I think we associate boredom with laziness inaction, maybe a lack of ambition or desire or things like that. Like there's just negative meanings associated with being bored, but when you're bored and you don't have that next thing around the corner, you don't have your Slack channel blowing up or all these messages to get back to all these house chores. But when you have all your basic needs met and you get yourself to a real good state of relaxation and kind of just bored, it's creating space, literally mentally emotionally, physically, spiritually, even to really analyze, reflect, take a look, and also see how you want to fill in that space. Sometimes I've had things in life that have created that space, right? Like the pandemic, everything comes to a screeching halt. I lost my job during the pandemic. I lost people that were really important to me. I was literally confined in my house at certain points. I felt bored. And at first I felt like I was in my own echo chamber of crazy just to realize I finally have time to see what's going on inside my head, inside my heart, how my body feels, what I need. And when you allow yourself to get bored and get still, it really just gives you that chance to reflect as well as make your next moves. We think that doing the move takes shape for the next move, but it's actually in that space and that calm that allows you to really prepare for what's next. Like if you think about the seasons, right? We have winter for a reason where things feel like they're standing still, all the leaves fall off the trees, but the roots remain. And that's kind of how it feels sometimes, right? Like let everything freeze up, dry up, let the leaves like die and fall. (laughs) How do I feel in this hibernation or in this time of just to sit here with my roots and my trunk 
and see how we're going to grow our branches and our leaves next type thing. And when you allow yourselves these moments and to be uncomfortable in these ways, it kind of takes the power out of it, right? Now I look forward to being bored or to being still or having breaks. Something I was doing when I first got down to Mexico, just to allow myself that time and space, because it is such a stimulating environment. And there's always something fun to do, always someone to hang out with. Definitely always a party if you're looking for it even too. I started doing these silent Sundays and a silent Sunday was, I would not even open my mouth to utter a word unless I had to, I wouldn't respond to any of my messages. I would just allow myself to be silent and still with myself and even take, be super mindful about the type of content that I was consuming or anything like that. I kind of just let myself be and guide where I wanted to go. Sometimes that meant just going to the beach and just like chilling, right? Or not even reading a book or listening to music, but just sitting there listening to the waves. Sometimes it meant a really nice walk. Sometimes it meant just sleeping in and, you know, snuggling with my cat or whatever and just hanging out and seeing what comes through my mind, right? It's kind of like a form of living and walking meditation, but it's it's kind of why people are so scared to do meditation even. It's like you're sitting there, you're stationary, and then your mind is raging. But when you face that, you disempower all the things that might subconsciously be taking power over you that you don't have a chance to see because you've been moving so fast. Mm, mm. Is that what you mean by uh, your earlier saying there's power in the pause? Is this like really closely related to that? I would say so. I really love that phrase. I mean, I know alliteration is best, but there's so much power in the pause. And, you know, sometimes these pauses are forced upon us, right? The pandemic, the biggest one, when everyone, everyone and everything came to a halt, or there might be times where you're going through unemployment, right? Or you have the breakup or you're doing a move or you're in a transition period and you don't really know what's going on, but it's, there's so much power in that space between whether the pause is given to you or you take the pause yourself. But instead of feeling like a victim to these circumstances, you can still be action-oriented and purposeful in this still time. And I think that's the disassociation we have, right? There's like action or inaction. There's stimulation or there's boredom. But you can still use that time really intentionally and purposefully, but it can be in a way that's much more personal and calm and peaceful and not so action oriented and allow you to really tap into your feelings as well, which can be scary for some, right? But exploring that inner world and getting familiar with it allows you a lot more insights than being action oriented might reveal to you. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, one thing I want to add to that is when you leave that space, that that concept of space, when you're shutting off your mind and you're not stimulating it with a Netflix movie or a podcast or music, and you just allow it to just be, you might actually start to understand other things in your life that maybe haven't made sense to you before because your mind now has that space and that pause to say, oh, here's how everything kind of connects together. Or even you leave room for your intuition to come in because you're not always go, go, go in that sense. And then, you know, even getting away from that internal space, like I said, creating space internally to get that intuitive hit or that understanding of your external reality, when you can leave space in your calendar or leave space in your physical day 
it allows the universe to work some magic and infuse opportunities into your life because I'm one of the big advocators of always jam packing my schedule. Like everything is down to the minute. But I know the problem with that is if let's say there's 24 hours in a day and I book up, you know, 16 hours of my waking day and then I'm sleeping eight hours, the universe is saying, where do you want me to infuse any magic? You left me no room to co-create with you. And allowing that space by whether getting bored or just slowing down or just tuning in for five seconds, it allows all of that to come into your life. And I know that might be a little spiritual, a little juju um, for some listeners listening right now, but it's something that I truly stand by. And I've really seen play out in my life once I created that space and welcome in new opportunities. And that's so beautiful too. And it's also so beautiful, all the production that you're doing as well, because there's seasons for that, right? I mean- And I think it's about giving ourselves the power back to determine our time, our energy and focus in a way that actually works for us away from formulas that we might've been given. So to some people that's taking that Sunday silent Sunday once a week, to some people it's taking maybe a season of rest, like a whole month versus a vacation, right? A whole month to just not work or, um, however you want to kind of allow that into your time, but you're right. Cause, because when you allow yourself to get bored and you give yourself that space and that pause, you not only give yourself a chance to really connect internally and see some of the thoughts that are rolling, feelings that might be brewing, stuff you want to sift and sort and pay attention to, but you also give yourself a chance to experience some new things. I mean, the amount of times I've, you know, had a day where I didn't have too much going on, you know, maybe it was a light work day or not that many activities. And then you get that spontaneous invitation that you're able Mm. to spontaneously say yes to. And then it ends up being one of the coolest things you did that week or a new connection you made or the availability you had to try something that lights you up. I, I was going through, um, you know, a lot of not really unemployment, but just not a lot of work that I had earlier in the year. And I was aware of that. It was just the industry I was in was pretty slow at the time. I was lucky to have some space where I could just be and I could just be still. And I found it to be another one of those powerful pauses in my life. And what was able to come out from that was my inspiration, time and space and energy to conceptualize, produce, and actually cultivate my podcast and mm-hmm. get myself into a couple different activities where I realized, Ooh, I have these different evolving interests. And, you know, when I also relate it back to health and physical fitness, think about when we get an injury. And suddenly you just can't do all the things that you're doing anymore. I mean, we've heard all the stories about the guy that tears his ACL and is bedridden and, you know, going insane in their own mind because they're not able to move their body, but maybe come out with some of their most inspirational ideas or realize that they don't want to get back into a sport that highly impacts their body, but, you know, do something differently. And yeah, just seeing what comes up in those modes that happened to me as well. When it came to physical fitness, it was in a pause from an injury my body screaming to do something different that actually led me into a whole new route of how to nurture my physical health, as well as my spiritual, emotional, and mental health. And it wasn't, if I didn't ever have that redirection or that time to really reflect and really listen to what I needed and what was next, I don't think I would have had the courage, the time, space, or awareness to make those next most aligned moves for myself. Yeah, powerful realization. Powerful, Kelsey. But uh, I know a lot of slowing down has to do with sitting in your own company. And you said this at the beginning of the podcast, going inward and listening. It's very scary. It's very vulnerable for a lot of people. 
Now, I know you have a really great perspective on how to navigate this along the lines of taking an inventory of your inner world. Uh, I know that should definitely ring a bell for you, but can you break down what this is for us and maybe some ways that you've done this personally without maybe sharing too much? Yeah, of course. Um, and thank you for talking about the vulnerability piece because, you know, just to share with listeners, it might sound like I'm vulnerable or it's fine to talk about all this stuff. I wasn't always like this, you know, I was so guarded up, never wanted to show what felt like weakness or, you know, not be good enough or my imperfections or flaws or things like that. But when you allow yourself to, to sit with those things, take that inventory, like you said, sift through what's going on in your inner world, ask yourself some real questions. Like, what am I doing? Is this resonating with me? Am I happy? Do I like who I am? Are there other things that are lighting me up right now that I might not be paying attention to because I'm committed somewhere else? Is there something that I want to explore? Do I feel a calling inside that I need to answer? Is it time to let something go? Is it time to make a change? It's hard to ask ourselves these questions when we are just existing in the context of our lives. Like when you have something on the calendar for every hour, waking hour that you have in the day, when do you have time to think, reflect, synthesize, just, you know, let it all marinate essentially. Like we don't have that. And so allowing yourself to take that inventory and just, it usually is leading you to the next great thing. And it can be scary to allow yourself to not only be in a space to receive those answers, but I think what's more scary for people is not receiving the answers, but feeling actually that calling to act on them. And that's kind of where the most progression and inspiration and things like that lie. But I really think it comes down to creating space for yourself. And that looks different, right? To some people, it's having simple meditations and moving through their day. Some people like to walk. Some people like to go on trips and get into the woods or the jungle and just disappear. Some people want to go to a treat, a retreat, but find that mechanism that allows you to have those opportunities for yourself. And it might not even be this solely personal experience. A lot of times for me, it's been spending that interpersonal time with people that can hold space for me, know how to get to me and ask me those questions that allow me to illuminate different blind spots in my own life. It might be signing up for that training or that workshop that allows you to learn something different for you to go into your internal world. I think in all of this space and boredom and time that I've had to reflect on my life and different moves I want to make at this point, I'm a huge podcast listener. It's what inspired me to start my own podcast. And it was taking long walks with those thought leaders in my ears, reading different books, Allowing myself to sit and read a book. Like how often do we sit and really read a book without these rolling thoughts in our head all the time? You know, I admire people that can sit and read these days. It's still something I struggle to do to really get myself into that calm space, you know, but give yourself the opportunity. And something I've learned is it's actually the highest form of self-love. We think we are doing the best for ourselves by producing, accumulating, have all of the things to show on our resume, on our LinkedIn profile and our itty bitty bio on Instagram. But if you're living out of alignment and if you are so activated and stimulated all the time that it's kind of killing you, that's not actually acting from a place of love for yourself or love for the life that you're creating. And that was a big lesson for me that I'm grateful to stand here and say that 
I've been able to realize in many ways, but it's also something I have to remind myself to come back to when I have these moments of pause, especially ones that might be thrust on you unexpectedly is like, this is actually an invitation to allow for the inventory, allow for the synthesis and to be honest with yourself about where you're at in the present, what you want to let go of and what you want to move into. I couldn't agree with everything you said more. Uh, if I could say yes, 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 a gajillion times. Yes, uh, I agree. But one thing I want to, I guess, tie in here then is for me personally, I always fear losing momentum when I got so much great energy uh, going into my pursuits and goals. Like it's one of the reasons I keep pushing. I want to maintain that speed, the connections, the opportunities and the success that I attract. And I'm worried that once, you know, I put that pause in or I allow myself to get bored, all that kind of fizzles away. Now you might, you might have the same worries. Listeners might have the same feeling with their goals, uh, their personal career, whatever it is. Like, what's your take on this? Um, do you think that even if you're just taking that step back, it's gonna help every, or it's gonna make everything fizzle out, or is that even more powerful? Um, even when you have all this great momentum coming through. You know, you bring up a good point because I think that's why a lot of people are afraid of slowing down is what happens if I just stop or lose momentum or take a pause or a break. Like you kind of feel like everything is going to burn away or crumble or just lose it all. But there's ways to kind of test that, right? So maybe instead of taking this huge sabbatical or making a huge radical decision, maybe just try implementing small breaks and just seeing how you react to that. Like you work out, you work out often. You can't work out every single day. You need to have those rest days. You need to let your body sit and chill. And sometimes we learn that in the hard way, right? Like we can work out, work out, work out. And before you know it, you have injury, you're forced to slow down. But if you can proactively take those breaks, it's actually what allows you to grow more efficiently and more quickly. I remember with my, you know, long hair, it was always like, the more you cut your hair, the longer it grows. And I'm like, what, what do you mean? Cutting your hair actually helps it grow more, but that's what we need. We can't just have this continuous growth all the time. Something will stop you, right? If you don't stop yourself. And I think that's what a lot of people experience with burnout and things like that. It's like, we're going, going, going. Cause we think we should just to be brought back to where we need to be in a really humbled place. And sometimes that's getting sick breaking things, losing things, just things being so imbalanced that all of a sudden it's like, what life have I created for myself? Am I really happy for that? And those things happen in my life. And I know it's not like that for everyone, but I know a lot of people where that's happened too, from just that continuous track of production or being afraid to stop. But there's ways to maybe implement that and just see how it feels, right? So if you have things booked, you know, eight hours in a row in your day, try taking that 30 minute lunch break, maybe not an hour break, you know, maybe not two hours, maybe not the whole day off, but take the 30 minutes, go sit outside, right? Listen to a good song, allow yourself to just like eat a nourishing meal or connect with somebody and just like have a nice conversation and share in that and just see what that brings, you know? And I think you might not get exactly what you're seeking, but you might get something else. And if you keep that openness to that and that optimism and that positivity and that intention, that's usually when really cool things come to you. Right. But I think also even a more important piece before all of that is remembering that it's probably going to feel uncomfortable just because it feels uncomfortable or foreign or different, or your body might be screaming or might not know what to do. It doesn't necessarily make it a bad thing, but it's the allowance of that, that allows you to overcome it more the next time. Right. It's just like meditation. 
if anyone's ever tried meditation, like that first time you sit down and do it, it almost feels impossible. But if you return to it, you kind of realize so much that comes within that time of calm and space and awareness and presence you can have with yourself. And it doesn't have to be all these big things, but it can just be these little moments, right? So allow yourself to be experimental with it and personalize what looks good to you in ways that you can incorporate purposeful pause essentially in your life. Purposeful pause. Kelsey with the terminology. That's good. That's good. Um, one thing I will tap into here is on that topic of allowing yourself to take that pause, even when you think you're going to lose all that momentum, when you allow your body to like kind of reset or just rest, the energy you bring back in to their cycle of momentum and excitement and opportunity, it's tenfold because imagine going to the gym, you're tired all week. You're just a pretty basic physical example. If you're tired going to the gym all the time, your workouts are going to be lethargic. You're not going to be able to lift as much, run as long. But if you were to sleep a good sound eight hours, hydrate a little bit, and then take that day off to rest those legs, rest those chest muscles. When you pop back into it the next week, your body's ready to go because it actually has that rejuvenated energy. And again, that's that trickles across every area of life. That could be relationships, career, again, physical goals. But I really do think that allowing your body to just step into that renewal, that rejuvenation, even in the heights of all those momentum, it allows for a short break. But then again, you hit the ground running with 10x speed. You know what I'm saying? 100%. It's exactly it. It's you know how a workout feels when you have fresh muscles versus sore muscles. You know how you feel when you've had a really nice, real, real, whoa, well-rested <laughs> weekend. <laughs> you yeah. know how it feels when you've had a nice, well-rested weekend versus a weekend where you were go, go, go and weren't sleeping. And that's what these pauses can be. It's this time to really reflect, reconnect, allow yourself to be inspired, explore, discover, analyze, right? It's this beautiful time to really see what's next and do the inventory. And the more you kind of allow yourself those patterns, right? To come into your life. Then when they come again, it's like, Oh, here's another beautiful moment of pause or space where I have time to reflect and, you know, to bring mercury back into it. You know, for all of your listeners, we all hear about mercury and retrograde, and it just sounds like this big thing that's happening to us. Um, so much of what I've learned about astrology has allowed me to work with the astrology. And what's so cool about Mercury and retrograde is while I can feel like this really defeating period, it's actually a time to, if you think about the word retrograde, it has RE in front of it. And those are all the themes of retrograde, reflect, reconnect, redirect, um, remodel, right? All of these different words. And if you can take those tenants and these weeks that we experience Mercury and retrograde, it's pretty much a astrological pause that it's giving us, you know, and we can feel like we're a victim to it. Right. I mean, technical difficulties, miscommunications, things like that also can be themes, but when you allow yourself that time and space to pause, reflect, I mean, journaling has been a huge thing that's helped me meditation and not always in the sit still meditations, but walking meditations, hiking, getting yourself out into nature, letting yourself ground, letting yourself connect with people and feed your senses through nice meals or we're in the holiday time right now, right? Like good connection. How much of us start January just feeling really nice and refreshed from these holiday times because we've allowed ourselves that time and space to be nourished by the other things that we need to. You can't just be eating meat all the time or you know, eating veg all the time. Like we need some carbs, you know, we, it's okay to like go time without eating as well and allow for digestion. Like all of these processes are really reflected in our life. 
And when you can get yourself into those processes too, I think you'll find from a cellular level, you just feel like you're living more in alignment and in a way where you actually have a sustainable foundation to grow from and not one that's just being built off exhausted, streamlined energy. Yes, Kelsey, absolutely. Um, let's move on to stress actually right now because you got my mind jogging uh, all around this calm, all about this great pausing kind of environment and energy. But let's talk about stress because it's so commonplace, especially where I live. Everybody is stressed. Like honestly, there's times where I hop on the phone and people are just like, can you get off this phone as fast as possible? Because I got to answer the next one. Like your energy is seeping into me, all that stressful energy. So I think this is a really good topic because everybody struggles with this. But people are in this wave and they don't realize that the situation they're in, that chronic state of stress and cortisol, what it is because it's so normalized for them. They don't know what calm is. Now, a lot of us say we don't have the time to calm down. We don't have the time to tune in or just take a breath. But we do. We do have the time. We just don't have the patience to lower our stimulation height our drive, all these other things. Now, work is stimulation. It's also dopamine. So I feel like we're addicted to that stimulation, to that dopaminergic habit. Now, I know you and I, we both geek out over the blue zones. And that's why I want to tie them in here, especially on this topic of stress, primarily because their lifestyle is so incredible how it relates to our episode title today. Now, I'm going to give you the mic here. Break down, number one, what the blue zones are for our listeners, and two, why their lifestyle is something all of us in this conversation right now should proactively focus on. I love that you're bringing up our favorite subject, everyone. We <laughs> talk about it a little bit on my podcast too, but like we should be kind of the blue zone ambassadors if we aren't already just saying, because Absolutely. we are just the biggest fans. Um, so the blue zones, so blue zones are so cool. And for everyone that hasn't watched, I highly recommend go watching the special on Netflix where they really break this down. But blue zones within our world are, um, these spots where there people are living the longest and healthiest lives. There's like these little hot spots. So there's one in Sardinia, um, Costa Rica. There's a little community within LA and Okinawa, Japan is another one as well. And yeah, the blue zones are places where people are living healthy and long lives and people have gone there to study how they're doing it. And what's really cool is it's kind of this all encompassing approach. It's a little bit of nutrition, a little bit of physical fitness, a lot of human connection. But what's been so cool is pulling different tenets of that to help me live my most well-aligned and healthy path. But what's been really cool about being down in Mexico is I've actually seen how different blue zone characteristics are happening here. And something I find to be one of the biggest characteristics of the blue zones is they go through a lot of their life and even their daily routine being in a pretty calm and peaceful state. And every single one of these blue zones makes time for pause, time for fun, time for reflection, time for slow down. There are natural stressors in the life, right? How are we going to feed ourselves? How are we going to provide for our family? How are we going to put a roof over our head? But there's ways to move about this sustainably without getting our nervous system all warped and out of whack and how to stay physically fit without having to do these hit workouts and crazy fasting and things like that. And what's the funnest part about watching um, the show and Netflix about the blue zones is how much joy and recreation and fun they take to have with one another. And in a way, it's their form of pause. 
And when they interview these centenarians, people that are really healthy living past hundred, they really attribute that time the most to their overall wellness and success and how they've allowed themselves to limit so much stress in their lives. And there's so much we can learn from that, you know, from all of the things we've spoken out about Western culture, and it's easy to feel victim to the culture that we're in, but it is the system that's conditioned us. But we also have so much choice into how we live our lives too, and gaining knowledge in different places, especially studying something like the blue zones allows to, for you to realize, oh, there's, there's different ways to live that also can allow me to reach my goals, if not more. And that's, I don't know, that's something that's really cool about me in the blue zones and studying that. I hope that answered your question. I don't know. I kind of just get really excited to talk about the blue zones. <laughs> no, no, for sure. For sure. And uh, actually one other tidbit I want to um, loop in here with the blue zones and how you said it's a different way of living is one of the ways that they move their body. These people are living to hundred. They sometimes even have super centenarians, 125, like old people. Those are old people. They're not in the gym every day, getting it done, hit. They're not running. They're not you know, breaking down their body in this really stressful state, what they're doing is they're just allowing movement to come through in their day. Their, their day is centered around movement from the gardens to walking with their friends to just, just, just having a great time with your body rather than putting it through stress. Mm -hmm. Now, here in the Western world, the way we exercise is constantly stressful. It's hit, it's marathons, it's weights. It's always gym, 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 more gym. Mm -hmm. Now, you have a very interesting relationship with this concept, especially as it relates to movement. And mm -hmm. you can even tie in the blue zones here as well. But I want to hear your personal story because you talked about how old Kelsey moved her body compared to the current Kelsey and what those two training styles look like and how they really played out. Now, what would you want to tell old Kelsey right now if you had her in front of you, knowing what you know now? I would tell Kelsey, old Kelsey probably all the things that I heard that I never gave any credit that I don't know about you, but as you grow up and you mature in this world, you realize all the things that people have been saying are kind of true, but I was always following what I thought I should have been doing, what everybody else was doing. And a lot of that was, yeah, working out really hard, subscribing to workout plans that maybe weren't ideal for my body type or for a female versus a male. I used to yeah, I love to do some CrossFit, be really active with resistance training. I got super into that right before the pandemic and then became a home workout honey, just like lifting all the weights, throwing things around, doing a lot of different types of exercise, but it was hurting my body and it was burning it out. And even when I came back down to Mexico, I was still hitting it really hard. And, you know, it was beautiful and it was a great time. I had good energy and, you know, things felt really good. But about a year and a half ago, I had an experience where I just started having some injuries and my knees like weren't working. And all of a sudden I had to like not work out, really take that pause. Just like athletes that have injuries, all of a sudden you're sitting there and you can't do what your body is used to doing. You can't even do basic moving functions. I was struggling to walk, you know, like how did I go from hitting a ton of squats and hiking mountains to I can barely walk. And so I really had to allow that pause, allow that boredom, allow that moment to really synthesize and integrate. And, you know, something that was really beautiful that came out of that was finding different people and inspirations that came to dance. And so when it came to working my body out again and actually warming up my body for all of the resistance training I wanted to get back into, that was actually what brought me so much more to my dance journey. 
and dance has been something that's been a really cool thing that's come into my life in this past year. And I never really allowed that to be, I never validated as a way that was like working out my body. It always just felt like a thing I did if I had time for it or something that could have been fun, but allowing myself that allowing myself to be in those environments and challenge myself and even feel the joy of connection and expression that I have when dancing has allowed for so much beautiful renaissance. And it made me realize that actually slowing down and using my muscles in a different way, allowing myself to receive all of those chemicals, right? The endorphins, the adrenaline, the dopamine and other ways like that is actually really helpful and even more in alignment than what, what I was doing before. And it was through dance that I actually got to repair my body so much. And it was also that paired with some more yoga, a lot more meditation. And instead of doing the hit jump squats in the gym, doing all the resistance training, now it's a lot more stretching and slow movements and working out different muscles and actually allowing myself to connect with my body and such a more connective way than I was when I was just pumping all this energy. And when I actually look back at pictures of older Kelsey and things like that, as much as I see a lot of muscle definition, I also see a lot of inflammation. I can almost see mm. the visual stress on my body that I was putting it, it like under, you know, and my body proportions have changed a little bit. Now I have a little less muscle, but I also have a lot less inflammation. I also have a bit more flexibility and movement in different muscles. Right. And it, and it feels very metaphorical for life. I let go of certain muscle growth and definition, but allowed my body to move and experience strength and expression in a very different way. And that has given me so much back and has fed my soul in so many different ways. Like I'd rather go out and dance all night and burn out on cardio and have these amazing, beautifully connective, present moments and experiences than go hit a gym sesh all by myself pumping with just music in my ears. Like there's value for that, but it doesn't feed me in the ways that dance does, but it wasn't without that slowing down kind of forceful pause to move into that different stage. And now after I've healed my body so much, I have the opportunity to do it all right. I can go out and do a lot of dance. I can go back and hit it at the gym and how beautiful that evolution, you know, and watching the blue zones too, to tie it back. They all make time for that. Like the Greeks are so happy and healthy because they're drinking wine and they're dancing with one another when they celebrate and share time. And it was the same thing with the blue zone that's in Costa Rica. The guy that's living so long looks like he's about 50 years old, but goes and cracks a couple beers and dance a little bit of salsa at the local bodega at the end of his long day of working in the farm. And there's a lot we can learn from observing people that allow that type of balance and enrichment and subtle and sustainable movement into their lives instead of go, go, go hard, 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 because living in those extremes is exhausting. What you said about that balance, allowing for that balance, and here's where we're going to wrap up with this final question, is I believe that the relationship we have with the universe or with God, whatever your um, religious um, beliefs are, there's a higher power at play here. And when we're in a balance with this relationship with whoever that is for you, I feel that it's a much more empowering relationship because rather than, like you said, being push, 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 and think like you're the only one that can make some change happen, when we slow down and we let the universe, God, whoever act as a co-creator 
with us to attract that best life, our best self, the goals, rather than relentlessly chasing them. I think that is really where the success lies. So I want to know, like, how can somebody listening right now let go of that push, push, push and allow for that balance and allow for the other part of that relationship to just help them bring the life that they want rather than chase after it in that scarcity driven mindset? I love this question. And, you know, it really ties in so well, everything we've been saying is just give yourself that opportunity to just be, it can be scary. (laughs) It can be really confronting, but it's in that space that you get to get to know yourself. You get to connect more deeply. You get to understand your own internal indicators of what you need and what you want. And for me, with the pause and the stillness, it's truly allowed for greater connection in all areas of my life with myself, to my environment, how my environment is affecting me, how I'm influenced, how I'm also influencing my environment, but also to spirit, higher power, my guides. There's there's so much invisible power out there for us to tap into, right? There's a lot of people on your spiritual team that are rooting for you, right? And giving yourself ways to connect with that. And we all have our own way of doing that. Some people, you know, really go out in nature and allow the nature to speak to them. You know, some people are very religious and allow God or whoever they believe to be their higher power to help guide them. For some people, it's them. They are their compass. But connect to that source. Allow yourself to feel it. Allow yourself to realize it. And don't be afraid of getting a little bit uncomfortable. Think about the ways you get uncomfortable trying new things externally. Allow yourself that novelty within yourself. And if I may, there's also one um, analogy or like metaphor illustration that I really love that encapsulates this. But for Alpine Lakes, I was learning that, yeah, there's a lot of lakes, you know, in the world, we've all probably been to a lake. So yeah, just like the waves too in the ocean, the waves are always moving. When waves are moving on water, it's like things are moving, right? There's production, there's motion, but you can't really see below the surface. And what was really cool the other day when I was watching this documentary and just learning about obviously Alpine lakes, something like that. What's really (laughs) cool is um, when Alpine lakes freeze, especially the water's so clear, you can see all the way down to the bottom, but it's not until that freeze happens that you can actually see all the way down and get the full picture of what's going on, right? So it can feel really scary to allow for that freeze, but maybe it's actually the thing that gives you the most illumination that maybe you're looking for. And Yeah, I really just challenge people to find ways that you can create that space. Maybe it's taking that day off of work. Maybe it's setting aside 15 minutes in your morning routine to sit there and journal with no agenda. Maybe it's making plans that aren't so regimented, but going on a drive and just seeing what pulls you, but creating, cultivating, and allowing that relationship with those internal indicators is probably going to bring you more peace and alignment than distraction or all of those other associations that we might think of it. So that's really the challenge I would say is take the time, take the space. There's a lot of power when it comes to the pause. Kelsey, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. Uh, What a power packed episode. I know people are going to find exceptional value in this. And I just want to give you the spotlight before we wrap up. 
Tell listeners where they can connect with you, what you're all about, and uh, yeah, just what you can bring uh, with your community because I know they would find some great value connecting with you as well. Yeah, of course. No, thank you so much for having me on The Revive Effect. It's fantastic. And yeah, please, if anybody wants to listen to Greater Connection, you can find Greater Connection, the podcast on Spotify, Apple, all your biggest podcast platforms. You can follow me on Instagram at Greater Connection Pod. And also, if you want to follow me personally, I'm Kelsey Maka, K-E-L-S-E-Y-M-A-K-A. And there's a lot that's cooking. I've actually been on a huge pause and season myself and have allowed a lot of that inventory. And there's a lot of cool things that are going to be coming up in 2024. So stay tuned. But, you know, if you are someone out there that might be looking to have that pause, even within your day or to give yourself purposeful, introspective time, something I'll be starting sooner than later is some really cool virtual connection circles that are designed to allow you a lot of introspection and prompts, as well as really cool connection to like-minded individuals as well. And so please follow me on these platforms. I'll be having more information with that soon. But if you're looking for opportunities to explore that, there's some really cool stuff coming up. So that's everything going on for me. And thank you so much. Yeah. Awesome. Listeners, we're going to link all the links Kelsey just said in the show notes, whether you listen on Spotify, Apple, wherever. So have a click over. You can go directly to her uh, pages and check all that great stuff out. But again, Kelsey, thank you for bringing your exceptional energy and wisdom on the show. We truly appreciate it. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it as well.